0: Hi there. I'm James Latourell. I'm your guest host today here on Authors on the Air uh, Radio Network, and it's my absolute pleasure to talk, about, talk to one of my favorite people, and that's Matt Coyle. Welcome, Matt.
1: Thanks for having me. This is just uh, a dry run, right? We're not really because this is your first one, as far as I know. This
0: this is number two, but this is this oh is number a, two. Okay, so it counts.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, it, it counts. Okay,
1: so you're you're could. legit. Eh, okay.
0: Yeah. But uh, for those of you who don't know Matt, Matt Coyle is the author of the best-selling Rick Cahill crime series. Matt knew he wanted to be a crime writer when his father gave him The Simple Art of Murder by Raymond Chandler when he was a young teen. His books have won the Anthony, the Seamus, the Lefty, the Authors on the Year Book Award, Ben Franklin Silver, Forward Reviews Book of the Year Silver, and the San Diego Book Awards. Matt was named the Mystery Writer of the Year for 2021 by the San Diego Writers Festival. And Odyssey's End, that we'll talk about today, is the tenth book in the Rick Cahill series. Matt lives in San Diego, where he's writing something completely new. So, yeah, congrats on number ten. That's that's a huge milestone. Um, here's the, yeah, here's the the book. Uh, that's a huge milestone. I mean, when you started writing Rick Cahill, you know, ten years ago. Um, did you really know then where Rick was going to end up in in Odyssey's End?
1: No, I had I actually started writing Rick twenty plus years ago. It took me ten years to get published, and then it took me two years to get the second book out. So I'm not exactly at a decade, but we're calling it the decade of Rick. Um, no, I didn't. I, I when I first started writing, I just wanted to write a book. So I told a bunch of people what I was, was going to do. I got a degree in English, which is good for working in the restaurant business or taking a real profession like a lawyer, precursor for lawyer, something like that. But um, I told people I was going to be a writer and I didn't write much. And so when I finally started writing, I was really happy because so, it was a goal I wanted to achieve. Um, and then once I started writing the first book, many revisions, I realized, oh, maybe you got a series here. I mean, you know, maybe ever, if anyone ever publishes it, which I was hopeful, but less and less hopeful as each rejection came in or ignore was ignored. The queries are often ignored. Um, but no, I had no idea where Rick's, which journey would be. Um, I didn't, I don't have a big character arc. Um, I don't have a Bible, uh, which is stupid. But so I, I didn't anticipate giving him a, we'll probably get into a disease that will shorten his life, chronic traumatic Um, So no, I never envisioned it. Going where it did, I never envisioned it being as dark as it was. But thank, I'm thankful that that's where it went. Um, but no, I had no, not. I'd hoped to write ten books, but um, I didn't know how I would get there.
0: Wow, that's that's great. Now, when you first started, you know, putting pen to paper with with Rick Cahill, why did you take that PI kind of kind of approach to to him? What was what was interesting about that character and and did it kind of harken back to your, you know, Raymond Chandler, you know, roots?
1: Yeah, I did. I, I always want to write PI fiction ever since I was I, um, probably ever since I read Chandler, um, maybe even before, because I was drawn to that. Uh, you know, reading, I, I read Agatha Christie, Soroth and Conan Doyle, amongst others, very young. But even then, I was probably watching PI shows on TV. Um, so, yeah, I always wanted to write PI. I know it's not. It's not. It's kind of. It was very popular uh, seventy years ago, <laughs> maybe fifty, five years ago. Um, it's not the most widely read genre or subgenre, but um, I think that I think of mystery as a kind of just made up of one big. I think of it as crime, the crime genre, and then all these subgenres. So I think people traverse across one sub to to the next. But I always wanted to write PI. I always felt it always was a voice in first person to me, and that kind of harkens to the hard-boiled PI. Um, so yeah, I uh, never wanted to write anything else, actually.
0: Wow, that's that's interesting because, uh, I mean, you've you've got a, a wide readership. I mean, people are attracted to Rick because of the character and and, and the crime fiction. But yeah, you've got a, a really wide breadth of of readers that follow follow Rick. And you mentioned something. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned something, you know, earlier is that you don't have a Bible for your series. And you're 10 books deep in it. I mean, yeah. do you do you recall that much of it where you can just, you know, sit down and it's just write it out or what well, how do you keep it all straight?
1: Absolutely not. Um I have to go back and I have to go back and and look through. Earlier books. I know it's very stupid. I should have started a Bible after, let's say I didn't know what I was doing after book two. That's about the time I told myself I should probably do this when I had time after each book. And I think after I think I realized that I hadn't done it after maybe five that I was never gonna do it. Um it saves you a lot of time taking that time to do it. But I, I go back and and read <laughs> thinking like, where was the scar here? Where did it get stabbed? Um, so I have to go back and read and try to remember what book that was. And how many times did we stabbed? Um So it's it it's not it's not the way to do it. If you write a series, keep a bible. And if people don't know what a bible is, you're basically keeping track of things about your characters, what they look like, new characters, maybe where their scars is the map of their scars on their body. If you've been unfortunate like Rick, but yeah, you know, I just go back and waste time and read through. But it's not that bad a thing because when I'm reading through, I'm getting a better sense of the, where the character was at that certain part of his life. I guess I'll I'll try to put a positive spin on it.
0: No that, that makes sense. I mean everybody's got their own way of doing it, but I mean my hat's off to you because you've you've kept it one thing about this your series, um, and as deep as it is, you keep it fresh. and I don't know how you could do that if you're just following a, a Bible and just you know having everything you know scripted out years ahead. Um, you manage to keep it fresh. How do you, how do, you do that?
1: I, well, um, thanks for saying that. Um, I, I just read a two-star review on Goodreads. I would beg to differ with you. Um, this person took this as being the last book, whether it is or not. And the the critique was um, finally, with about a thousand exclamation points. And uh, something like every book is the same with different titles. And I'm thinking, why don't you stop after two? I mean, how many have you read if they're that bad? Um, and thank
0: you very much <laughs> yeah
1: i hope you bought them uh and not for 99 cents when it sale's on um but you know everybody's got their opinion <clears throat> but i what i did what i basically start with is a subplot in rick's life that's the gonna be the major um, sorry doors open motorcycles major thrust of the emotional part of the book and um with what's going on in his life now the cte maybe that that is there is some similarity there but there's different aspects of it um but so that's what i'm mainly concerned with and each each plot has been different um you know i might find something okay. i find interesting in the news this one this one an uh, odyssey's end's got a little bit of um cyber uh my blanket on the uh um like bitcoin whatever cryptocurrency hmm. Crypto. uh, yeah. and i've had the pharmaceutical industry and other ones just things that I find interesting that I'll set the plot around, but it's always, how does this plot, how does Rick taking this particular case affect what's going on in his emotional life? So I start with character first. It's always character first. And, um, you know, there's been ups and rips. Rick, well, he's got a, um, he's married now and I never intended that to happen. So I've kind of looked at this person in a very unreal situation, tried to make his life as real as possible. In each book, I think of in terms of a one to two week period of this, of this life that if you looked at from 30,000 feet, you go, not that many bad things could happen to one person to have him still be around, but um, I try to make it realistic in, in the way he lives his life and in this particular instance in each book, but I'm glad that it doesn't seem the same to you with a lot of exclamation points.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and more than two stars. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you just touched on it. I mean, Rick, over the course of his his career... Um, on the page has been beat up, stabbed, run over. I mean, he's taken a toll and you finally ended up with him in this, in this last couple of books talking about CTE and how, how did you come up with that idea to, to, you know, force on, on, on Rick and how does that affect him? You know, especially in Odyssey's end.
1: Right, going back to the idea of keeping, uh, not keeping a Bible, but having this character art in the beginning, of course, I never would have given him this disease, but um, I did have one, I had a couple of rules, and one I broke, thank God, which was you never have a partner or a sidekick, and he does have, he has one now, Mortar McFarland. it's just made, it's it just rounded out the series, made it so much better, but the other one was uh, everything, every physical and emotional um, scar had to have resonance, it had to, it had to have meaning. And so I started to think around um, at the end of probably book eight, nine, seven, that boy, this guy's had a lot of physical abuse. And um, he's had multiple concussions. He boxed uh, Golden Gloves as a kid. He played football from Pop Warner to two years in college football. I thought, that's a lot of head trauma. And Mm
0: -hmm.
1: how could he? And even on the page, there's been a lot of head trauma. And so I I thought, in today's world, um, and I think this is true, I think a lot of people have CT that don't even know about it chronic traumatic encephalopathy a brain disease brought on by a lot of brain trauma it doesn't have to just be um a concussion by the way it can just be like these constants. um so i thought well shit if you're going to really live by this rule that everything matters every physical altercation every emotional scar has resonance then god he's probably got cte and it worked really well for the book cuz it kind of brought in something um um he was going to be a I think it was the end of uh, a book. He discovers he's going to be, or we find out that he's going to be yeah. a father. And I, I, it's,
0: you know, Rick's only had,
1: he's had a couple girlfriends. It's usually in the past. He was married. His wife died before the first book. Murdered. He was thought to be the guy who did it. But um, but he hasn't had that many relationships, but um, he's had a few. He's had ups and downs in the love life and all that. But now he's actually married and he's got a child. And I thought, Wow, um, is this going to settle him down too much? Um, it hasn't. Um, no, but I thought, well, if, but every there's it's not just him and, and Midnight, his loyal, wonderful black lab anymore. It's um, if he makes mistakes, there's more people involved. He, it's not just him. If he does something stupid, if he does something careless, physically, you know, dangerously there's people out there that, that really, it really matters to, and I mean, it not just matters to, and there's more, of course, he's got a few friends, Turk Muldoon, but it matters to, and, and, you know, loved ones living a life continuing with their lives. And so it really, even though I gave him this disease and my publisher probably thought it was a dumb idea to give a fairly successful series, um, main characters, uh, a, you know, kind of a ticking clock that's going to end exactly. at some point. Um, exactly.
0: Yeah, that t- that ticking clock. You really, you really feel that in Odyssey's end because I mean he's he's facing, yeah. you know, a, a, a real a realistic deadline, and it kind of forces yeah. him into things that he might not normally have done.
1: Yeah, he's he's uh, facing a realistic deadline at the end of this book in, in more ways than one. Yeah. So the, the the main thrust for him now in this book as as it opens Odyssey's end is he is um, estranged from his wife and child he does get to see his, his uh his child krista um but he's his wife does not want to get back together she's moved 200 uh, was it 210 miles away in santa barbara he's in san diego and his goal is to get back together his clock is ticking he's a private investigator he takes cases that can sometimes um be physical but he's tried to scale back on that because it's a big rift between him and his his wife still wife but he just wants to get back. He just you he know, is I want to live my life, the, the end of my life with family. And if that doesn't happen, if he can't get to back, back together with his wife, he at least wants to have a safety net for his daughter when she, when the world knocks her down and it will, because he knows that better than anybody and he won't be around probably when that happens to her. And so he wants to build, um, at least a finance, somewhat of a financial safety net, or at least get it started. And, um, and someone knocks on his door and gives him that opportunity but um it's a very somebody's had a a a history with who's a very nasty person um who saved rick's life in one book and earlier book he tried to kill him um but he's got the financial wherewithal and offers a lot of money for rick to if he finds someone to find somebody and he knows he can't trust this guy he knows this is something his wife would not want him to do but He's thinking about his daughter. He's thinking about that's his responsibility. His wife's his responsibility. Midnight's his responsibility, but his daughter's his utmost responsibility. And this is here. It is here's my my you know the knock on the door that I can't walk away from. So he takes the case, and bad things ensue.
0: Yeah. Now one of one of the things that you mentioned was you know his ties to his wife and his his daughter, and the CTE is kind of pushing the wife kind of away from him you know cautiously yeah. and that whole theme of family kind of comes through in Odyssey's in and its importance to him how did you how did you come up with that with that particular plot line
1: yeah it just came out of the ether it bubbled up um i didn't expect it it, it started back when he realized he's going to be a father um and i never i don't write themes um but sometimes they come sometimes they sometimes they appear on their own and i realized in the last three books um last redemption doom legacy and odyssey's end all upbeat titles all upbeat books um there is a theme of family and i didn't i didn't intend that but i realized it's my i think all writers fiction all, all writers of fiction in their writing are trying to work something out um subconsciously or consciously i, I do believe that um, with all my heart and i think that i'm not i'm not i'm not currently married but uh, I don't have any kids. Uh, I don't have a family, and I, I'm very old now. I'm not going to have a, a family of my own. So it's it's something that I think it's it's you know of all the disappointments in my life, it's not having children but the biggest one. Sometimes life doesn't work out that way. Um, and there's been some some major losses in my family's um, lives, and we lost a child. A child, they're very. Yeah, she was a very. She was the first grandchild, and we lost her. Um, Day before her 16th birthday, so I, I I think all this this feeling of of uh, this kind of angst for family has been something that's been in the background of all of our lives, and um, I think that's what's bubbled up in my books. They're, they're, they're I don't want people to think they're not fun because they're fun, but there's some melancholy in them, mm-hmm. and I I came to realize a few years ago at a writers conference I think the melancholy was coming from what happened what has happened in. Um, my extended family's life, and so there it is. So that thing I've been working on all these years, I finally recognized it. And I probably didn't rec—I didn't recognize it until this book. But it was it—you know—it came to the family idea it came about, bubbled up through um, Last Redemption and Odyssey's End, and then um, and it. I think it's made the writing better for him to have more the, you know, on the table. Um, I think if you're writing a. a a thriller. I don't write thrillers. My publisher says I do, but I don't. But I think if you're writing something character-driven, he's writing anything, you know, not even in the crime genre. I think there's got to be risk, especially if you're writing in first person. the The character has to risk something for the actions they take. And if you're if he's a private investigator, there's got to be a risk to him personally when he to make it interesting. Of course, in real life, it doesn't happen very often, but there has to be something he's risking to take this particular case and in the actions he takes and what is a bigger risk for a person than their family? So, um, you know, it kind of, uh, out of the ether, I don't know where it comes from, but it kind of, kind of worked out. Very good.
0: Now, I when we were together at Book Passage recently, I, I asked you, is this going to be the last Ruth Cahill book? Um, I mean, your, your Goodreads reviewer would say, yeah, but um, you kind of left it open. I mean, it ends in a good place, but- you kind of left it open like there could be another rick cahill what's your what's your thoughts on that
1: well i don't want to have any spoilers it is called odyssey's end um Mm -hmm. but i i i've written in this character's world for 20 years like i said over 20 years i've written this guy in first person been in my head for 20 plus years that's the longest successful relationship i've ever had um and it's not even been that successful um so i can't imagine not writing in this world ever again but i'm i am i don't it's not going to happen for at least a couple of years if i do And i thought if it is the end this would be a good place for it to end and i wanted to give um rick the send-off or the justice he deserved that i thought this series deserved and that was my biggest concern writing this book um kind of be up to the level that the other books have been and um will it, if it is the end, will it be satisfying for people? So that was a challenge.
0: Yeah. And I think you, you managed to to land that pretty well because I mean, if it, if it is the end, it's, it's a, it's a good ending. If, if it's not, I could see it setting up for, for something in the future. So, you know, that, that was a good balance to make. So that's, that's awesome. Now, do you want to talk about, um, what you're working on now? I think it was, if I remember, it's called Temecula Sky.
1: <laughs> That's if uh, I get a publisher and they like the title. Uh, sure, yeah, I'm, it's uh, completely different. I'm currently not writing in first person. It is always a possibility that if I, when I finish the first draft, I don't like it. Um, I can go back and change because the the main protagonist. There are two. There's two points of view. Actually, there's going to be three. I think um, maybe the maybe the bad person will have a. A point of view character but a little more distant than the other one but it's pretty close third person uh it's a, it's going to sound familiar to rick fans in some ways but it's different in others um a former cop who's had to leave the police department for something he did and only one of the person knows his boss his lieutenant he's a homicide cop um only his lieutenant and he's the one who said you you know I can't this can't stand we have to either follow this um through the proper um, steps, which would be bringing law enforcement, or you can't be a cop anymore. And so he, this is this is a backstory. He he's quit his job. He's been a private investigator for about um, three years, I think, maybe two and a half. When the book starts, his father was a cop before him, and his father's got some serious health problems, and all the Medicare and and his cop um, healthcare is not is not cutting. It's not enough. So um, this guy's name is Tim Kinnan. He's got to help his father. His father doesn't want the help. He doesn't want anybody in his house because he's got to have full-time care. and His father doesn't want that. But anyway, um, so he's helping He needs He needs to make more money. He's a PI. He's not making it. And so the opportunity to work for a public defender's office temporarily comes up. And it's going to be better money than he's making now. And he can't. It's something he needs to do. Plus, he's divorced and he's paying um, what they used to call alimony. I don't know what they call it anymore um so he's, he really is not making ends meet and so he can't turn down this opportunity it's up in temecula he lives in san diego and so but he's a true believer of on um, the other side of the blue thin blue line and he's going into the opposite team he's going you know yeah. um and his father cannot abide it that he would do that his father was cop and um he's working with a female public defender the other um point of view person and she is a true believer on the other side so there's that clash and then there's um he's got to look at himself can i do this and he's, he's involved in a murder case um and he's thinking can i really my kind of life's um ambition or, or whatever drive has been to put bad people away and am i really gonna use my formidable skills he's a pretty good he was a good homicide cop to try to get somebody off who he thinks is guilty. And so he has to, he's battling that. Um, there's also, you know, he's the two of them kind of, they feel a connection. There's a, there's a physical romance connect, connection. So there's that. And then there's also the thing in his past that's looming out there that um, will definitely come back. It's kind of a long, that was not a log line. That was not an elevator pitch, but uh, you know, we're still working on that.
0: It depends how long the elevator ride was, but
1: yeah, no, was, I, I, I look
0: it was, forward to it. it I mean, Thanks. it sounds, it sounds intriguing. I, I hope it, uh, I hope it comes through. So I'd like to end on just uh, three quick hits, you know, just kind of little, little insights into, into your character, you know, into Rick, Rick Cahill. So what's Rick's biggest fear?
1: Uh, failure, but it's, it's failing his family. It's failing at now. It's failing his daughter, but it's always been failure.
0: Okay. What's Rick's favorite music? Uh, this is country. Eh, okay.
1: Yeah, okay. Actually, uh, there was um, Dark Fisher's book three. He, he actually helps a wannabe country music person, singer.
0: Very cool. And lastly, what uh, what do you think Rick's guilty pleasure
1: would be? I will say though that Rick had a big R and B, um, his father before him listened to R and B when he was younger. So Rick's got the, he's got the background R and B too, which I think country and R and B kind of overlap people. I
0: understand that, but
1: but it's all about storytelling. Uh, his biggest, what, what was it? Uh, guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. It's, uh, it's, it's like milkshakes or chocolate chip cookies. (laughs) Yeah. Chocolate chip cookies was in, uh, Night tremors. Yeah. you end up, up getting the case, taking the case. There's a woman plied him with about 15 chocolate chip cookies, or maybe it's about 10 to 15. You know, I write in first person for this, for Rick. And so as he's taking each one, he's thinking, is it, am I being, am I supposed to eat them all? Am I being rude by continuing to eat these? Now I have to take the case. So yeah. Chocolate chip cookies. Love it. So sweets, sweets.
0: Love it. Well, Matt, it's been, uh, it's been a blast to kind of catch up with you again. It's always good to see you. Um, yeah where can folks uh, find you connect with you if they haven't uh, done so already
1: I respond to two star reviews on Goodreads um, <laughs> and uh, no Um I'm on Facebook uh, MattCoyle I don't know you can find me and um, I'm on uh, I sort of on, am on um, uh, Instagram where I can occasionally um, like stuff but basically, Facebook is where you can find me, or MattCoyleBooks.com.
0: Sounds good, Matt. Thanks again, and it's been uh, it's been a blast to talk to you.
1: Thanks for having me. I congrats on the new gig.
0: Hey, thank you. I'm I'm having fun with it so far. Yeah. Today, hope it pays well. AM hasn't pulled me. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Matt. Thanks.